All right, Psychology Nerds, welcome to a special physical contact free episode of Psychology and Stuff, serious fun crossover event. Both of these are podcasts out of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay, and all of our hosts are in isolation at separate locations calling in. I'm Ryan Martin, psychologist and host of Psychology and Stuff. I'm here, of course, with my co-host, my friend, my confidant, Georgina Wilson-Dengis. How are you, G? Hello. I am, you know, I, I, I'm actually good today. Today was a, a good day here in my home office. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. You know, I, I feel like I should, this is going to sound weird. I feel like I should tell people the date. It's March 24th. And the reason I say that is I'm worried that things aren't going to age well as, as <laughs> problems <Yes>. continue <laughs> to emerge. And it's like, I want people to know when we record it because I, so there's going to be an episode either next week or maybe it already came out where we talk about, you know, that was recorded well before things got really into crisis territory. <laughs> and I, we, we joke a lot about the importance of washing our hands and things like that. And I, I want people to understand that that was recorded well before we were in the situation yeah. we're in. So anyway, it was recorded in the before time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and that voice you just heard is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Serious Fun. Um, it is a what, a journey into the frivolous, I believe, is the catchphrase. It is Dr. Brian Carr. How are you, Brian? Ryan, I got to tell you, I feel like my entire life has been leading up to this moment. Sweet. Where, where my, my, my country has called upon me to save my fellow man by not interacting with them. This is my Super Bowl. This is my odyssey. Um, this is absolutely what I trained for up until about the age of 20. So this is, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say it's been easy, but I will say this. Uh, it has been surprisingly not as difficult in some regards. Um, so uh, it, it's also kind of funny that it took, um, you know, a, a global pandemic to to break the hiatus of serious funds. So keep an eye out for more of that once I kind that, of get my professional workload in, in order. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. I just realized I, I introduced you, Brian, as Dr. Brian Carr, and I didn't introduce either me or G Georgina that way. So I think it's clear, or it should be made clear, we're all doctors, but not the kind people need right now, right? Not the useful kind. Yep, right? not the yes. kind that can help anybody, according <clears throat> to my son. <laughs> yes. Very good. But we can help people by talking about stuff that comforts us. So that's kind of what we've got on tap for today is, um, you know, I've been seeing recommendation after recommendation. I've been making my own recommendations for, like, books and movies and TV shows to enjoy. But one of the things that's been kind of missing from that conversation, I think, is why those things are comforting. Um, and so what we were going to do today is actually talk a little bit about sort of what we find comforting uh, from from media, um, what we're kind of looking for in that. But then also, of course, give some recommendations because that's what the world really needs right now. <laughs> it sounds that like sound a good? great plan. Awesome. Uh, well, let's do it. Let's Let's do it. Let's go um, maybe around the horn a little bit. I um, I want to start with you, Brian. Can you, um, when it comes to comfort media, um, what are we what are we looking for? What do human what what are you looking for? I should say, and what do you think human beings want in these these moments? So, I mean, what I'm looking for is, is kind of 
there's, there's two ways to answer this question is what makes us individually comfortable and what on a sort of broader sort of global sense do we look for when it comes to media to make us comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of a personal taste versus psychology sort of question. And I guess let's, we can start at kind of the global level and say that one of the things we're looking for arguably right now is a sense of stability and familiarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why you see a lot of folks going back and revisiting favorite TV shows, favorite movies, et cetera. Um, there is this sort of quaintness isn't the word I'm looking for, but there is this sort of reminder that there was a time before this, which I think is sometimes kind of hard to uh, remember, even though it was like, what, two weeks ago? Um, <laughs> right, exactly. March has been the longest decade, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> the uh, other reason is that it is just something where I know, in some cases, like, you know what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe on some level, knowing what's going to happen is kind of a, a balm or a salt, a salve or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I've heard the term, I've heard the term a tonic thrown around a lot. So let's go with that. Uh, for a time where we don't really know what's going to happen next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty right now and at the sort of global, political, social level that we don't really have to get into right this second. Um, but sometimes it's okay. You might have seen the office 13 times through, but, uh, you know what's going to happen in this given episode and you also know that you like it or you can get past it. It gives you that degree of control and sort of foresight that uh, I think we all wish we had right now. Um, at a personal level, uh, I think we're also looking for media that uh, is interesting, challenging, or in some way lets us connect with each other in some meaningful ways. And I've got some things we can talk about when we get to that point. But uh, those are kind of my quick off-the-cuff uh, things that I've got right now. I haven't, I, I like, I'm almost sterile at this point. I've barely talked to anybody outside of my home for a while. So I, if I, if I don't seem quite as eloquent as I, as I would normally, uh, I do apologize. That's all right. I've, I've been on three phone calls today and nice. it feels well, yeah. like it, so it's a butterfly over there. Yeah, it feels like an extraordinary day. I'm like, whoa, I talked to three human beings. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> so, how about how about you, Georgina? What is uh, what do you think people are looking for in comfort media? Well, I definitely agree with everything that Brian just said, and um, I read an article from one of our music colleagues, uh, Michelle, who assigned to her class that my daughter happens to be in. So we were talking about <laughs> this, about how um, music that we listen to at the age of 14 uh, mm. greatly impacts our lives, maybe more so um, than any other time period in our life because, you know, when you're going through a puberty and you're a first-year student in high school and um, you're trying to create your own identity, that a lot of times music or movies or um, TV shows become part of your identity and the, the identity that you develop. And so I, I think that there is some part of people who are kind of hearkening back to their teen years and like revisiting some media and music and other uh, forms of, of connection from uh, an interesting time when they were forming themselves as a human being, as an adult. 
and going back to those kinds of things. And I've, I've found myself doing some of those things as well. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting insight uh, into how far back or we might go, as Brian mentioned, going back to familiar storylines, but how far back might we go? Yeah, and that's a really interesting, uh, interesting thing to think about too, Georgina. Like, because I've, I've seen that kind of idea before that you, uh, the uh, music you listen to or the movies you watch at that sort of formative age become kind of your taste going forward, right? Um, or something you'll always be able to come back to for that reason. Um, though there is something to be, and especially I, I would say um, there is that kind of feeling of being able to revisit that, but also, you know, revisit with others. Um, one of the things that's been kind of interesting is seeing sort of the rise in, uh, you know, we have Netflix has technology that allows you to watch movies with other people. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to invest in that or want to mess with that, you can also go on Twitter and there are people been hosting, uh, you know, live retweets or tweet alongs of the Star Wars movies or, you know, some kind of big cultural artifact and everybody kind of gets to watch it and sort of share in that kind of, uh, I, I don't want to lean heavily on the term nostalgia, but that kind of like, um, share sort of cultural memory uh, together, which is, I think, a way of kind of building community when we're sort of isolated from each other physically. Wait, so there's a, a podcast I listen to called James Bonding, where um, they, they, you know, talk about all things James Bond, of course. And one of the things they did for this season is that they've been, I mean, this is, this is, they did this well before uh, the pandemic, but they they've been um, doing essentially commentary along with the movies. So they tell you exactly when to start the movie and then they just, you watch it and you have them in your ear if you want, you know, kind of talking through it. And so thinking about that in terms of like the con- the connection piece that like you can essentially watch a James Bond movie with these two experts um, and lovers of James Bond, which is, uh, which is a kind of a fun way of trying to, trying to connect with people around a shared interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, from, from my, I was thinking about this and there's a couple different ways that I've been, you know, two of the, two of the things that I, um, was going to say, Brian really nicely brought up. One is the predictability. Um, and then the other piece is nostalgia. And, and I would agree, you know, that part of what makes things predictable is if you've seen them already. And yeah. so, you know, if you, even if it's a thing that wouldn't necessarily be predictable under normal circumstances, if you know what happens, it's comforting to you, right? There's nothing unexpected. Yeah. And this is actually all sort of rooted in um, there's a, 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 a line of research that emotion researchers explore, and it's called socio-emotional selectivity theory. And it basically says that as people approach midlife, they start to turn towards media that is more comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just media, but all life experiences. And that, you know, they're, they're, um, they just, I mean, basically, to put it bluntly, it's, there's a recognition that life is short and you want to spend it feeling good about things. And so they're less likely to rent the new Saw movies and more likely to rent sort of a predictable action comedy sort of thing. Or go back and, to the old Saw movies. Yep, exactly. <laughs> old. And and so the the way in which this applies is that, and again, to to put it bluntly, that issues related to mortality are another way of reminding people that life is short. And so as we're in the midst of a health crisis, I think people are doing essentially this same sort of socio-emotional selectivity of 
I'm going to choose things that are um, that are are pleasant. I'm going to choose things that make me feel good. Um, and for me, one of those things is anything that's got likable characters winning. You know, where it's like this is a person who I um, and so this is not one of my suggestions, but I watched the movie Brittany Runs a Marathon the other night. And, you know, I, spoiler alert, she runs the marathon. Uh, and <laughs> it's, oh, sorry. <laughs> but I will, I will admit it happens in, in some unpredictable ways as far as how things go down. But a big part of what I just loved about it was seeing this person be successful. Like seeing this person set goals and achieve them felt good even though there are a lot of sad moments along the way and a lot of challenging moments it just it felt good and so when at the end of it i actually i teared up a little bit and i was like why am i tearing up for a movie character because she ran a marathon and the answer is well because i'm a sucker for watching people meet their goals Mm -hmm. and i'm especially a sucker for that right now um and so i i I think that's a piece go ahead i also think that like that's why the Hallmark Channel is replaying, like, the Christmas movies as, as a great example of that as well. I think, you know, people just want uh, to to revisit some of those really positive endings, even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, completely cheesy. Uh, and I think also I might say that people maybe want to cry, <laughs> you yeah. know, but uh, – but not cry about, you know, the pandemic that's happening outside, but just kind of want to have an excuse to just have a good cry session. And Mm -hmm. some of those movies allow you to do that with no shame whatsoever. I mean, some shame. You're not telling me you're crying at Hallmark movies, are you? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that might be what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I I agree. No, I and I am a I am a known uh, supporter of Hallmark movies. So, um, uh, very very public about that. In fact, we should do an episode on that someday. But. Um, <laughs> very good. Well, should we get to some uh, some recommendations? Well, I, yes, but I also do want to, um, if I can just jump in real quick. Yeah, I would say one thing that I've seen kind of thrown around, and I do believe this is true, though I also think that, again, for all the reasons we stated, it's, it's important to kind of go back to stuff that you already enjoy. But, you know, this is also an opportunity to kind of expose yourself to some new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think there is an argument to be made that you do sort of, um, your personal development is enhanced by that notion of surprise, right? or that notion of, you know, kind of expanding your horizons a little bit. Like, in, in times of crisis, it is kind of tempting to go back and sort of become more insular in your sort of media and social consumption. Um, but there, we're kind of living in a golden age of, you know, fragmented media where there's a billion things out there. Um, so it doesn't – so absolutely watch stuff you like, but also, you know, as, as we're going to describe some things here in a moment, maybe think about checking out some stuff you haven't before. And you know what I'd say about that? Because you're right. What's interesting, I, I've um, there is a comedian who hosts a bunch of podcasts that I really like, uh, named Paul Shear, and he has been um, he's been uh, sharing a lot of his picks. In fact, one a day that he really likes, um, and they're a little bit more obscure. I mean, they're not necessarily things that I've seen or heard of, um, but he. Um, 
one of the things that makes this work is that I trust him, you know, that I, I know that he and I have similar tastes when it comes to movies. And I know that because I listen to a bunch of podcasts of his where he talks about movies. And so, you know, if you have, I mean, I think a good way of to sort of safely expose yourself to media that you haven't checked out before is to listen to those people you trust. Um, in other words, don't turn off the rest of this podcast. Keep listening because you trust us. And we're going to give you some awesome recommendations. Well, let's see if they still trust us after the recommendations. I guess. <laughs> that, that, sounds, that sounds good. But I um, also think that um, when you're thinking about exposing yourself to something new, um, for me, it's kind of like a, a journey. Like in the beginning of this, like I feel like we're kind of in the beginning uh, stages here in Wisconsin of like today we are – under the stay-at-home orders that that our governor just put out, I feel like now I want some like stuff that I'm familiar with to make me feel um, feel good. But I feel like a week from now I will be ready to like branch out. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, and there's something to be said too for you know just discovering that with somebody else, right? Like either through those opinion leaders and that kind of thing, but also just, you know, we're all kind of trying to make sense of this together and uh, just being able to say, hey, let's all check out this new thing and see what we think. Mm-hmm. It's a really good way to kind of stay in touch with people. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing I've learned from this situation emotionally for me is just the degree to which I have, uh, it's been a, a bit of an emotional roller coaster ride, right? And that like mm-hmm. uh, unexpectedly I will, start to feel very sad, you know, and, and, and then later on, it's like kind of a sense of, no, I can do this. I can get through this. And that like, and so I think media wise, what I'm in the mood for is going to change at that same rate, you know, that there, um, there will be days where I'm, I'm on board with, with trying something new. And there will be days where I say, no, right Mm -hmm. now, what I really want is to just be surrounded by characters I like and a story that I'm comfortable with. Well, especially yeah. if you're working from home, too, having something on in the background that you're familiar with that, that gives you that sense of comfort and normalcy um, mm-hmm. that you don't have to pay a super amount of attention, of attention to is also really helpful. Right. I have discovered as I've gotten older, I can absolutely not have anything on in the background. I don't know. <laughs> Georgina. I'm with I, you. Yeah. All Brian, right, I'll be the weirdo. It's, no, it's coming, Brian. <laughs> just as you get older, you just haven't hit the hit the point yet where it happens. <laughs> Where you can't, where you can't be distracted. Um, I uh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's go around the uh, the horn again. Um, I want to start with TV shows, and I thought, uh, Georgina, why don't we start with you? What uh, what's a TV show that you are finding comforting these days? Well, um, you you probably don't know that I'm not a huge TV watcher normally, uh, but however, I. I have um, taken to going back and revisiting uh, my favorite TV series, which I think Ryan probably knows what that is. And that <laughs> I think is I know Lost. where this is going. <laughs> Lost yep. is, has been my my favorite uh, TV show, and I kind of I I've watched it's on Hulu, and I've been watching a, a couple of the early episodes, and. I love the fact that they don't know what the heck is going on either. And I love watching the story unfold again. 
like in with a whole different eye toward the unknown and how humans together try and figure out how are we going to live in this new world that we know nothing about. And I found that both comforting and intriguing in my my second viewing. So that's going to be my uh, my favorite thing that I'm watching currently. Nice. I have not watched that show since it was since it was on the air. I've not even seen an episode since then. So but let me confess to you, my boss. I have only seen one episode of Lost. Can you guess which one it was? The finale. Absolutely. <laughs> I only watched the finale. And honestly, I think it, I was better off for it. That was incredibly entertaining and baffling television. <laughs> I, I, I watched every episode, Brian, and I promise you, neither of us understood more than the other about what was going on in that <laughs> So I was like, well, I finally better see what all this is about, right? Like, what's all this stuff about? Wow. I I did like that show. I have had no interest in revisiting it, but I can see all the reasons, Georgina, that you that it would be fun to revisit, especially because I'm far enough away from it now that I don't really um, uh, that I don't really remember tons of details, but I remember enough, you know, that it right. it would be like it, it would feel new at the same time being predictable enough to be comfortable. Yes. Very good. How about you, Brian? What are you watching? I, I'm going to cheat and do two, if that's okay. But one um, and a half. Okay. So I'm going to start off by uh, shouting out and and, uh, and outing myself on yet another podcast um, as, as a professional wrestling fan, uh, an Ooh. aficionado of the theatrical grappling arts, as it were. Um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, so if you're not a fan, that's, understandable but also to kind of fill you in on why i'm talking about this uh this is a we'll just call it a sport for lack of a better term right now um <laughs> that thrives on being a sort of live call and response theatrical performance right so we have right. people come out and catch phrases people will shout them back there's like points where you're supposed to respond and interact and boo and cheer and chant and Due to health concerns, they have been able to do exactly none of that. Uh, they have <laughs> had, had to cancel a lot of touring. Um, they can't do arena shows. Uh, in fact, WWE, the kind of like, uh, you know, the, uh, monopoly in the, in the industry has called off WrestleMania, which is its biggest event. We're talking mm-hmm. about something that brings people in from around the world. It's a massive cultural phenomenon. Um, brings like sells out football stadiums to come see to watch these wrestlers, right? They've had to call that off, <laughs> and they are scrambling to figure out what to do. And so what they have done, because so they're going to first off be recording that in an empty stadium at their uh, sort of talent development center, as well as uh, pre-recording it. So that's going to be fascinating because that show is like seven hours long, and so it's going to be seven <laughs> hours of people in an empty room. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, and so, uh, so that's been fascinating with Rob Gronkowski hosting. Um, the other thing that's interesting about it is that, uh, they've also been doing their regular weekly shows live from this empty space. And they have either <coughs> highlighted the absurdity of it by, uh, the ones that, it was, uh, by sort of, uh, having people place the crowd as though they were there. There was this really amazing kind of moment that went viral with Stone Cold Steve Austin 
trying to do his thing where people are supposed to say hell yeah to him when he asks if they want to, <laughs> if, they, if they want to do something. So he'll do that, and then it crowd and, uh, and then he'll go to the crowd, and there's nobody there. So there's the reaction shot of empty seats. It becomes this weird <laughs> surrealist art. I don't know how else to describe it. Like it is something that is frankly incredible. And the other company that is sort of the other major one is owned by um, one of the guys who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars is uh, All Elite Wrestling or AEW. Their solution was, okay, we can't have a crowd, so we're just going to have essential personnel. We're going to get some of the wrestlers kind of sitting in as the crowd, hollering and cheering. So we have the good guys on one side and the bad guys on the other. We do matches. We have the commentary. And we have fun with, like, the Chiron, like, talking about, you know, who's social distancing, who's washing their hands, that kind of thing. Um, and, but I was, just, I was talking about this with my, uh, my, my good friend and colleague, uh, Carrie Lynn Reinhardt. Um, so shout out to Carrie Lynn, um, who also runs the Pro Wrestling Studies Association. Um, and we were going back and forth. And, like, there's something interesting about that. Like, it's a bunch of people who know each other hanging out and just trying to make the best of a bad situation, right? And it's like it's, there's this intimacy to it. And the way it kind of felt was like we're hanging out with our wrestling friends. Like they, we don't really know them and they don't know us, but this is all like we're all just kind of in on this sort of uh, thing where we're all cheering for the people we like and doing people we don't, but they're also the people that we're cheering and doing. And there's something kind of interesting, and it sort of heightens that. If you're going to throw around some psychology theory, I'm going to throw in some media theory for a second. <laughs> the idea of parasocial interaction, right, um, which is itself also kind of psycho- psychological in nature. Um, where you feel that sort of connection to people in the media that you don't necessarily have a actual physical or personal connection with, but because of the omnipresence of media, because of how it comes into our home, because of how intimate, like, the camera angles and that kind of stuff are, we do become, and especially as they become mm-hmm. a consistent part of our lives, they become something sort of more to us than just people on a screen. And so being in these situations has taken these larger-than-life actors or athletes or whatever you want to call them, if we're in between, and made them really like us, right? So they're all doing their thing. They're going through the motions. They're trying to put on a show, but they're doing it isolated just the way we are. And in a way, it feels more interesting and more intimate and more contemporary than had they had, like, a full arena of thousands of people cheering and hollering and that kind of thing. So I'm not saying you should get into it because I don't know if I could fully recommend that anybody becomes a pro wrestling fan. But I will say this. Um, it is fascinating television. There's nothing else quite like what WWE and AEW are doing right now. Um, the other thing I will say is uh, we discovered the Canadian television series Letterkenny on Hulu. Um, and, and I think I've talked to you about this, Ryan. Um, you have, and we have, we've I have. watched a few episodes, so I'll yeah. have more to say. Yeah. Um, okay. I, so, I know I loved the first three. I will yeah. admit it, it hit an episode that I just found kind of gross and dumb. The, the third one, right? It's the yeah. It's called Fartful. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one you skip okay. past. Like that's the, it's the, yeah. it's the one you skip past <laughs> that one because um, we haven't gone back to it. It, it no. kind of killed it. It put it, it honestly. It went over the the way a fart at a dinner table would go over. <laughs> I just found it gross, <laughs> and I didn't want to participate anymore. So here's <laughs> so, why I think that it's worth sticking with a little bit. Okay. Um, is that so? You, you said that a lot of what you like in media is characters accomplishing goals, likable people mm-hmm. doing things, right? And that's what this show becomes. What starts out and really is all the way through. It's a, you know, it's a vulgar show. It's a, it's mm-hmm. gross out humor. Like there is no question about that. This is not a show for children or really anybody who doesn't have a very specific sense of humor. <laughs> but 
Uh, the way the characters are written over time, like they show like the sort of depth of humanity and also kind of how, you know, even though we sort of categorize people into specific sort of social categories, they're not really defined by that, right? Um, you know, you have the late, you, your main characters are all hicks, quote unquote, but one of them is a feminist who goes to women's studies classes and is probably the intellectual of the town. One of them, uh, you know, the, the toughest guy in town who gets in all these fights, he also will lose his shit over a puppy, right? Um, <laughs> like, you're, you're just, you'll just get really excited to see a dog. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And so, like, getting in and kind of getting to know these characters and seeing how they develop, and I apologize for staring just now. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, as, as they develop and as they grow, it kind of shows you that we are more than the boxes that we're put into, Right. And so the, you really come to care about these people, and it's a lot of, okay, this person is an antagonist, but now they're a friend, right? And so your circle of influence, your circle of friends grows, and you get to know people better. The relationships become more complicated. And also, they spend a lot of time outside. And right now, that feels taboo. That feels yeah. kind of interesting <laughs> and kind of exciting in a way that I hadn't expected. So, um, I, and if you, so yeah, I, I definitely like that one. Plus, it's one of those things where each season's like six episodes long, so you could probably burn through it in a weekend if you really, really wanted to. Um, it, but those are the things you've been kind of yeah. interested in lately. It, Letterkenny, it is really, I really enjoyed the first two episodes, and it, it was funny because we just thought that one was gross and dumb, and then we just, it's not like we intentionally said, I'm never going back to the show. It just hasn't been on our list. I mean, it, it, we just haven't done it yet. And I, I think we yeah. will, but it's just, I think we've been turning to other things that it, it just, that one episode just sort of spoiled the, the memory for a little bit, but I'm sure we'll go back to it at some point. Yeah. I will tell you that, that, that doesn't go away either. Okay. <laughs> Those kinds of jokes will come back quite yeah. frequently, but they don't build suspect. entire episodes around them. Okay. Which is good. I suspected um, that. I can handle that. So, yeah. Um, well, for me, uh, the, the show that I really, really, I haven't actually revisited it yet, but I think I will, um, is, uh, a show that used to be on USA called Psych. So my hunch is a lot of people have, uh, watched this one. It was pretty popular at the time. Um, this was at a time where actually there were a lot of Psych show, uh, excuse me, a lot of USA shows that kind of met this same need, this sort of escapist need for me. Um, Monk was another one. Yep. Um, there were there were some others, I think. Um, I'm having a hard time remembering the names right now, but some other ones. There's one about, like, the Witness Protection Program, one about the CIA, one about um, uh, about a, a sports psychologist, actually. Are all of those burn notice? I don't know. <laughs> oh, burn notice. I forgot about burn notice. Yes. <laughs> Which one is please? I never watched Suits. That was. Uh, I don't think anybody has. Like, I, I really have never met anybody who's like, I love Suits. I watch Suits all the time, and yet it was on the air for like a decade. I don't yeah. know yeah. what's happening here. I forgot about Burn Notice. Burn Notice was that was like the best example of nonsense escapist fun. But the difference is that Psych was is really funny. The relationship between the two main characters is like one of those just awesome friendships that you want to celebrate. These like childhood friends who make it into adulthood as friends and continue to, to be, you know, to like hang out together. Um, who it, it was just a really fun 
exciting. You know, it, it super predictable. You knew how it was going to end. You knew the first, uh, you know, it's a mystery show, but you know that the first person that they think did it didn't actually do it and that they discovered the other one later. And so super predictable, but a, just a really fun, funny uh, show that um, I can revisit now. And, um, and I have, I shouldn't say I haven't revisited. I've watched an episode here or there every now and then. Um, but that is really like, it's just easy to watch and one that you don't, it's not a huge time commitment either in the sense that you don't have to watch uh, a whole season. It doesn't have a big story arc. You don't have to watch an entire season to understand what happened. You can just watch an episode here or there. And that is kind of nice. Like I'm, I'm not in it for the long haul. So I really like shows where you can invest a little bit of time and get that like joy from it and, and then not come back to it for a month and be okay. <laughs> yep. And Psych is definitely one of those. You know, it's one that you could just watch an episode and then, you know, revisit it a week later or a month later um, and just have it be that. In fact, every now and then, I think when I have gone back and watched episodes of this show, it's because something I was watching. Like, So they did a whole Twin Peaks episode. So when Twin Peaks came back, I thought to myself, like, oh, I, I forgot about that episode that they did. I should go watch that. And so we went and found that episode and watched it, you know, and, and it, it made, it works just totally out of context that way. So Psych is a good, uh, a good, um, uh, sort of nice escapist show. Should we do books? Awesome. Yeah. Um, Georgina, tell me about a book that you might recommend. Uh, I'd, one of I think it might be my favorite book that I've ever read, but I revisited it because I have um I buy very few books, you know, like usually I use the library, but now I'm not mm-hmm. using the library. Uh, so <laughs> I'm I am rereading All the Light We Cannot See, which is oh. um by Anthony Dewar. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, so sorry if I pronounce your name wrong. Uh <laughs> It is, He's a regular uh, listener on the show, too. So, <laughs> But it is an amazing book. Uh, uh, it is um, set in France during World War II, and it is a, a story of um, a heroine and a villain, kind of, but they both have traits that are not heroic and not villainous. Uh, so it's kind of... A, a book about journeys and how people in difficult situations, um, how they survive and how we all have good and bad in us and not to villainize people for making decisions under duress. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's really good to keep in mind. You know, like all of us in the, in, during this time, maybe sometimes we might just lose it for a minute and not be the nicest, (laughs) you know, or be quick-tempered or irritable, and that that doesn't define our character and who we are, then that we can um, ultimately be heroic in the end of the story and be resilient. And so I am enjoying reading that book right now, and I highly recommend it. What is, say the name of it again for me? All the light we cannot see. All right, and then how do you spell the author's last name? 
approximately. D O E R R. I think. Oh, okay. I should. Very good. I should probably look that up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, I, that's all right. As I, as I just didn't say that off the top of my head, but let's just make sure that I will let. Yep, <laughs> that's it. D O E R R. Nope. Anthony Dewar. Uh, so okay. Highly recommend that book. But I also uh, would give a shout out to the many, many people who are doing. Uh, book read alouds for children. Uh, yes. I I I've listened. Uh, Brian, you would love this. I have a, a friend who is part of the superhero alliance in my hometown in Buffalo, New York, uh, where I grew up in my teen years. And uh, so there is a the, the Green Lantern has been reading stories to kids, uh, and I just think. Wow, that is! I tune in every night mm-hmm. to listen to him read me a children's book, and I think that that is phenomenal. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that a lot. Oh, that is great. And what a perfect oh. character too. Uh, characters all about tenacity and willpower in a difficult situation. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Nice, Brian. How about you? What are you reading? So here's my dirty secret. Um, oh, you don't know how to read. Sweet, it's <laughs> revealed. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I, I, wow. I've, I've, I've gotten very far on a very prolonged bluff. Yeah, um, you have. Congratulations. That's <laughs> Ten years, everything. Um, so I, I don't get a lot of time to read uh, for uh, enjoyment necessarily. Um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading for reviews and that kind of thing, so I can't talk a whole lot about the stuff I'm reading uh, because I'm going to be publishing reviews in the theater. Um <laughs> So, uh, I mean, like, there, there are always things that can throw out there, like, you know, find a, a you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, comedy, science fiction, that kind of thing. So, obviously, I could throw stuff like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy out there and say, if you haven't read those, yes. you might as well, you might as well yeah. right now. Just do it. You are talking to um, the right crowd. Sorry, okay, I know Georgina's yeah. a fan, and I am as well. Yes, I yeah. am. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll throw those out there. Um, but, uh, you know, and there's all kinds of stuff, like, the one thing I will say is if you can find a way to support your local booksellers, you can find a way to support your local comic shops, that kind of thing. Um, definitely do that because they are being hit very hard. We actually just yeah. got the news. Uh, I say we, it's not like it's like some sort of internal thing. Like it was, it became public <laughs> knowledge yesterday, uh, that, uh, the biggest distributor of comics, in fact, the only distributor of comics in the North, in North America, Diamond Comics, will cease shipping out new products. Um, Ooh for the foreseeable future. And so there's a lot of discussion right now about what the future of the comic industry looks like. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of folks uh, selling that kind of stuff. If you like comics or you're interested in getting started, um, look up your local comic shop and try to see if they'll do some kind of, uh, you know, shipment to your house or something like that because they could really use your help right now. Um, so I'm going to just leave it at that. Uh, but there's just there's all kinds of great stuff out there. Um, and, uh, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I assumed graphic novels would come up how in your answer. I mean, so, if, you, uh, if you want to throw graphic novels out there, I could do that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a whole other, that's, that's a longer, much longer conversation. <laughs> well, let me, um, let me throw out, uh, the, the things that, so I fully expected somebody else to mention Harry Potter. So I'm just going to briefly mention Harry Potter as a thing that I like to revisit when I am, um, 
uh, when I'm feeling, I guess, down or when I want to escape something or when I want to be comforted. I think, I think it is, even though those books deal with some dark, difficult stuff, there is something, it, it, it checks all my boxes, right? It's, it's predictable in the sense that I know what's going to happen. There's a nostalgia piece that reminds me of, of a time that was, uh, an earlier time for me. And it's likable characters winning. Um, but that is not the, uh, now, um, now technically it's called the, uh, the Agnes Brown trilogy. But there are four of them, uh, which I know is weird. Um, it's uh, they, There were originally three called the Agnes Brown Trilogy, and then they added a prequel, um, which, you know, much like Star Wars. <laughs> um, <or> maybe <laughs> there will be another, like, eight later on. Um, it's, <laughs> they are by an author, uh, an Irish author named Brendan O'Carroll. And um, they are uh, basically a series of books about this family um the the matriarch of which is uh, Agnes Brown and her and I cannot remember how many children off the top of my head but eight or nine children and the the book basically picks up with her um shortly after her husband has died essentially trying to trying to get through life raising these kids and being in utter poverty in Ireland um, and then it, it, the, the books are called, um, I think the, the first one is called The Mammy. The, the second one is called The Chiselers. The third one is on my, in another room, so I don't remember what it's called. I think it's The Nanny. Um, <laughs> so, but as you can tell from the, the name, like they go through her life as she becomes a grandmother and, and so on. Um, so from the time her kids are infants through her, um, her being a grandma. And, um, they are very, very, I mean, they're, they're touching, they're sad. Um, they, uh, but at the same time, like they are, you know, stories about success and stories about family and, and things like that. And so a really, really good series of books. The fourth one that came out was called The Young Wan, and that's W-A-N. And that one is a prequel. Um, so it's about her when she was young and growing up. Um, they're really good. There was a movie based on it um, with Angelica Houston, I think. Um, it is not. It's it's fine, but it's not as good as the books are. But um, so, anyways, that's a series I'm revisiting that I like a lot. It's the Agnes Brown trilogy, and it's pretty darn good. So. All right. Yeah. I'm so check um, that out. I I really I, like. I, a lot. I did think of one more. Um, okay, let's hear it. I'm just going to go real quick. Uh, okay. So along the lines, if you, if you are familiar with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is kind of a comedic take on science fiction, um, you could probably also like the Discworld series by the late, great Terry Pratchett, um, which is more of a comedic take on fantasy that kind of becomes – it starts off as like a parody of fantasy novels. It becomes <clears> more of this wide-sweeping sort of meditation on uh, culture, politics, religion, philosophy, everything that makes us human – um, it all takes place on this continent called, or this world called the Disc World. And like there's, like there's like 400 novels. I have no idea how many he wrote. He wrote books. It's basically his life's work. Wow. Um, and they, it's, it's not 400, but it's a lot. Like he wrote a lot. And mm-hmm. what I usually tell people is like, just dive into the wiki a little bit, uh, and find a character or a subplot that interests you because there are several, even though there's like one big series, each of the books kind of follows different characters. And uh, there are some that follow death, like the actual personification of death in that universe. And they're really brilliant, sometimes heartbreaking meditations on life and loss. Um, and also just death himself is a fascinating character. 
Um, there's one uh, that actually is going to be made into a TV show, I think, on BBC America. I could be wrong on that, called The Watch. It's about this, uh, the police force in the main city on Discworld. Um, that's, it's, it's, and that one's really interesting because it talks a lot about, like, you know, social class and politics and the notion of law and order and how these things work. And just, that's, those are probably some of my favorites with those, those two series. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you if just look up Discworld Wiki and, uh, they can kind of walk you through what the different books are and you can kind of find one and start reading all the books and you'll have a good time. All right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Thank you very much. How about uh, how about movies? G, what what movies are uh, suiting you lately? All right, so you can't make fun of me. There's no laughing. So I have um, okay. two kids. I mean, that we are can, 19. but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> like, please refrain. So uh, my <laughs> kids are 19 and 21, and um, we have a collection of DVDs that um, we haven't watched in forever, and you know we're we're all in this house you know, together. <laughs> and so right. we dug out the DVD player from the basement because it hasn't been connected nice. to our TV in forever, figured out how to connect it. That was a fun family moment. <laughs> 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 Connected up the DVD player. And so far we have watched She's the Man and nice. Freaky Friday and um, Finding Nemo and Toy Story of the first one. And so I'm just going to say that I'm enjoying revisiting um, the, like, late 1990s, early 2000s with my family. It's just kind of fun to kick it back, you know, a, a couple of decades. Wait, so you said DVD. Did you mean DVD or VHS? Well, I meant DVDs. I have the, oh, okay. all of those on DVD. We also gotcha. used to have VHS, but that was a little bit <laughs> okay. earlier in the 90s. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because I, I, we still watch DVDs pretty regularly. We didn't even have to hook ours up. So you guys, I'm the last person who can make fun of you. I just borrowed a Blu-ray from Brian the other day. I'm feeling a little guilty because I think I'm going to have this DVD from you for the next uh, two months, Brian. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm in no rush to go back to it. I'm fine. I'm holding the copy of The Incredible Hulk in my hand right now that is Brian's and feeling guilty that uh, that I have it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll survive. I'll make it through. Okay, good. good. That's a, so those are great. Uh, those are great picks. I'm just I'm moderately embarrassed though because I wasn't supposed to make fun of you, and then I I mean I just until recently I had a working VHS player that I and by recently I mean in the last month or so, and was oh routine. Gosh. I just watched. Yeah, I just watched both the Terminator movies on my old VHS. Um, wow. Arguably the I, way you should watch those movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it quite a bit so um yeah all right well that is those are excellent my my picket also goes back to that same era g but first let's get to brian what what movies do you have so the the cop out answer is i'm going to say if you're looking for something to watch and just kind of kill a lot of time like like you said just uh you have the incredible hulk just find all the marvel cinematic universe movies. <laughs> there's like 23 of them you'll you'll you can make it through a good couple of weeks just off those alone if you haven't seen them and they're also all on Disney Plus at this point. Right. So, um, but that's that's the that's the cop out answer. That's the easy answer. 
Um, for the record, The Incredible say, Hulk is not on Disney Plus, which is why it is one I of the only ones that's <laughs> not. But I think it's on Hulu, or it could be. I don't know. It oh. doesn't matter. Um, but uh, I, I will say, uh, I, I really like Georgina the idea that you're going back to the old collection because that's what kind of we've been doing too. Um, you know, and I will say uh, now is a really good time to catch up on some stuff that maybe you didn't get to see over the last few months. But if you haven't seen, say, Knives Out, for instance. Yes. Um, yes. You should definitely watch Knives Out. Uh, if you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, for instance, you should definitely watch Jojo Rabbit. If you haven't seen Parasite, you should definitely watch Parasite. Yes. These are all movies. Like, I can highly recommend every movie I just said. Um, honestly, going into the uh, going into the Oscars and just sort of working your way back over the last few years could be a really uh, good way to kind of expose yourself to some really top-flight cinema. Um you know, I, I throw Black Klansman in there as another one that I think probably should have won Best Picture that year. Um, yep. There's all kinds of stuff out there that's just fantastic. Um, so, yeah, those are the ones I'd probably recommend off the top of my head. Um, but I will say this. We fired up Anchorman. Uh, nice. For wow. <laughs> the first time in a while. That one we still have on DVD. And I got to tell you, still basically perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not really sure where to go. This one. I, I, I started strong. It just sort of faltered a little bit. Oh, um, I like that pick. That's good. Yeah. Knives we, Out, man. That's yeah. Fantastic. You know, what's great about Knives Out is that it is, you know, I, we, we certainly don't want to spoil anything. I'll just say, so I won't with this statement, but it is it is quite unpredictable, right? And and so it yeah. is it is a very difficult movie to predict. It doesn't meet any of the any of the requirements <laughs> It's full of not good people. <laughs> but, but it one, there, there are two, maybe three really good people in it. Yes. Um, so there, you have people to root for yep. and people to hope for. Um, yep. And and it is fun, though. It is really, yeah. really fun. And so, yeah. like, it, it absolutely meets that criteria for me. So. I am, from a comfort media perspective, knives out. And and my understanding, I've only seen it once, my understanding is that to watch it a second time is still a lot of fun because it's still, um, you you, even when you know what happens, it all works well and they play fair and they give you all the the info you need to solve it and, you know, it all holds together. So Yeah, and also um, with longer time of commentary that you can listen to during the movie, Ryan Johnson has actually recorded commentary that to have people Yeah. So he meant when 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 it was still in theaters, he said if you want to load this onto your phone, bring in your earbuds and listen to it while the movie's going on, that was the that was the goal. So that's still out there if you want to if you want to just uh get the you know, rent it instead of buying the Blu ray or whatever. Nice. Um, but uh so that is a, he made that available. I think it's still out there. Uh, oh, that is cool. Yeah. It, it's a movie that I think would be interesting to watch once you know how the plot plays out to see because it is a really intricately put together script. Um oh. and and definitely if, if if Parasite hadn't won it, I, I would have been glad mm-hmm. to see Knives Out win the best original screenplay for sure. Yep. And I will honestly, and I, I say this as someone who absolutely loved Parasite. I mean, I just thought it was a, a great, great, great movie. I think Knives Out was one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. I just, yeah. I just, be, because it was so fun, because it was so clever, because the, the characters were all so interesting, I just, I really, really liked it a lot. I mean, it just, it was a, a great ride and, and really, um, really smart. So, 
Yeah, um, a great companion piece. If you want to watch both those movies in one day, that'd be a really interesting sort of uh, a connection to make between right. them. Because they deal with some very uh, thematically similar material in very radically different ways. Yes, both both upstairs, downstairs stories in a lot of yep. ways. Um, very nice. All right, so I'm almost embarrassed by my choice, uh, <laughs> but not not totally embarrassed. Um, I will. I have. Um, they are both things I own on DVD, which I didn't know was shameful until a couple minutes ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you might want to upgrade the Blu-ray. <laughs> so, I do. So, um, yeah, I have. Uh, I actually watched one. I have two picks here, but one that I'm going to talk about more than the other. They have a common. Uh, there's a common element here. You will see. Um, one of them is The Rock. And that's the one I'm not going to talk about as much. I, I do very much enjoy The Rock as just a wild ride. Um, it's I'm talking about the movie. Great film. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the movie The Rock, not the actor The Rock, who I also love. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, it's just a a really really fun, silly but exciting movie. Um, but actually my, my choice, the thing that I, I just watched, uh, about a month ago with my kids because I was introducing them to this movie, common theme is Nicolas Cage and the movie is National Treasure. Outstanding. Oh my gosh, I okay. love that movie. Okay, good. I'm, I'm less embarrassed now. Um, it, it is, I mean, in so many ways that movie is dumb, but at the same time, it is so much fun. The action mm-hmm. scenes are really inventive and exciting. The dialogue is funny. Um, it's it's like just it's super exciting. It's um, it's all the things that I wanted it to be, um, and and all the things that I really like in a in a comfort film. You know that that this is just a, a story about um, a really exciting, fun story with with likable characters um, and a lot of kind of silliness along the way and good action. So National Treasure is the uh, the thing I would recommend, especially to people who haven't seen it yet. Oh, and yeah. Man, if you wanted to start recommending Nicolas Cage movies, we could be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in a weird way, he might be like the perfect actor to just watch right now, just because there's something <laughs> reassuring about him. Yes. I, although that said, I can think of quite a few of his movies that I would not ever want to see again um, that, that are not, in no way comforting to me. <laughs> but... But, um, yeah, and I, I have heard, I don't know how substantiated this is, but that they are working on a uh, National Treasure 3 right now. Um, I, I which, read that somewhere as well. It, it was odd timing because we had just watched National Treasure 1, and I and I saw this article about it, and I thought, well, I feel like I'm being punked. Right? They just know I, I've gotten back into this. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, um, that, any, I guess, closing thoughts as we finish up, other things we want to tell people to watch, read, keep, whatever, listen to? I would just say, oh, like, no, try and no, no. connect oh. with, oh, I'm sorry, like, try and connect no, with each other, you know, like, try and do a watch party or try and listen mm-hmm. along with other, you know, like, or watch along with others, you know, try and connect while viewing or listening to the same media because I I think Brian you were right in the very beginning that it is a way to bring us all together and I think that's a really important thing to do right now Mm -hmm. 
And I got to tell you, like, um, what has been interesting, uh, so I, I didn't have a place to put this in here, but um, I'm going to just do it now then. All right. uh, I have been fascinated by how people have used the game Animal Crossing as a means of co- uh, sort of uh, coping with everything. Right yep. Um, if you're not yeah. familiar with Animal Crossing, the basic idea is that you are, you just sort of play like this little avatar, you move to a town or an island, in this, in this one it's an island, and you just sort of do stuff. Like you go fishing, you pick up rocks, you build furniture, you uh, get in debt to a raccoon, and then you have to pay <laughs> the raccoon off, and then when you pay the raccoon off, he gives you an even bigger debt. Uh, and so you're kind of, it's, it's kind of like this, uh, exercise in nursery, um, which is kind of, you know, good for kids to learn at a young age, I guess. Um, but it's just this really cute, charming kind of thing that's designed around the whole idea of interacting with your friends, you know, going back and forth between their islands, seeing, oh, they made this or they, they did this. It's bright and it's colorful and it's cute. And it's also completely taken over social media. Um, yep. It's been interesting to watch how people have just sort of glommed onto this as sort of the specific cure to the sort of existential angst they're feeling right now. And in a way, that's really, I don't know, there's something really comforting and really just kind of sweet about everybody just goofing around on this island and, and just, you know, catching bugs. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't know, there's something, it, it's, I feel like video games have a tremendous potential to bring people together, even though they can absolutely be, uh, the culture on them can be very toxic. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of those instances where people have just really, it's just been fun to see what people come up with and the memes and the jokes and everybody just having a good time. Even though we're not necessarily all in the same room, we're all kind of going on this journey together. But I will say this, if you're, skip, if you're setting your console ahead 12 hours to skip ahead to the next day, you're a cheater. Stop it. Like, you're not playing the way, like, you're, you're, you, the, this is not a game to be rushed through. This is not a game to be min-maxed. You're not to be building Excel spreadsheets trying to gain the stock market. You know, this is, there's actually a thing called the stock market uh, where you can exchange turnips for money. Um, and uh, people, are like, you're trying to figure out, like, the best possible return on investment. Don't do that. This is a game, like, just, everything's terrible. Just sit, stay on your island, go fishing, just have a good time, take it at your own pace. Because honestly, it's not much of a game. <laughs> this game got way too complicated for me as you exactly. were describing. Once, once yeah. you explained the stock market to me, I was like, all right, I'm out. The funniest thing, like, one of the funniest things is that the new installment of the Doom franchise where you're running around with like just like guns and armor and just killing demons you know, came out and everybody's like, hey, everybody have a good time, play, enjoy, we're all having fun with you, and then all the Animal Crossing fans are like, no, we must maximize and make, like, like just completely game the system and just, like, you're making fun of people for not getting that far ahead, and that kind of, it's just very, uh, games are weird. <laughs> so, so this is a, a good opportunity, Brian. Tell people about your, uh, the Random Encounters uh, yeah. the series you've got going for Cause and Effect, because one came out today, I think. Oh, did yeah. I think so, yeah. I don't know what day it is anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I do, I do a column for cause and effect that's the communication arts humanities. You know what it is. You just called it the communications arts. Yeah, yeah, college of arts humanities and social sciences. There we go. Uh, that is the official college blog and uh, I do a monthly column about video games. Uh, this most recent one was actually about the University of Wisconsin's connection to the Doom franchise. There's actually a couple uh, specific connections that the UW system has to the legacy of Doom, which is kind of cool. 
Um, so that's what that one's about. I don't know what the next one's going to be about. It could be about quarantine gaming. That wasn't what I was going to write about, but I kind of feel like, <laughs> well, what else am I going to do at this point? Um, so keep an eye on that. Uh, but uh, you go to cause effect, that's C-A-H-S-S effect.org, and you can read those there. Yep. It's called, the series is called Random Encounters. And uh, while we're talking about cause and effect, there is also – we've got some stay-home recommendations right now similar to what uh, this podcast is. This is faculty, student, staff from around the college um, making their re- recommendations for movies and TV shows, books and podcasts. We are updating it weekly, so um, people can go check that out if they're looking to – if you want to know what uh, – movie harvey k uh recommends then that's a place to go if you want to know brian got a bunch of recommendations there as well um so lots of good uh stuff there and like i said we update it every week um let's see georgina do you have anything to plug you want to talk about nope i am good <laughs> all right <laughs> what, what a, um other than Lost. I'm surprised we got through a discussion of Lost where we didn't talk about Sawyer, Georgina. I feel like we should just mention Sawyer quick. Thanks. Um, Thanks as, a lot for calling me out on that one. <laughs> I just always think delightful character that all of us enjoy, right? That seems fair. Like, all who right. doesn't We're, enjoy a character who makes a mixtape for his, like, love of his life? Hello? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. And you know what? He's pretty handsome too. So uh, we all we all win. What, remember, wasn't he in? Wasn't that uh, actor in some awesome dance movie that we were all excited about, or maybe I was just yeah. excited about? Yeah. Okay, you know what it was called. Yeah. Maybe that's a thing I should be watching. Was it yeah. Step Up? I don't. No. Wait, what did you say, Brian? It was wasn't it Step, step up? up. No, he's not. I've seen all was those. Step Up to the Street. No, nor was it Step, step up, up 3, three. whatever Step Up 3 is called. <laughs> no, we, um, we'll add it as an addendum when we post this so that the world will know. <laughs> yeah, it is It is some cheesy, like, you got served, or it's not that, but it's something like that. Like, there's a, there's a series, there's a movie um, that I never saw that uh, was about a, a bunch of dancers. So it, it's probably Important. great. Important update, Step Up 3 is just called Step Up 3D. Yeah, I said that just a second ago, man. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> did you watch it in 3D? What? I did not watch it in 3D. I feel like they didn't do it right. I don't know. I know. I didn't know. It was, I, you're right. I My problem is I got into all those after they had come out, so I, I didn't know. But, yeah, the, there's one. I can't remember what the name – okay, while you're looking, what's the name of the Step Up movie – I think it's five. It's the it's the protest one. It's great. That was revolution. I think that's what yeah. I was trying to think of. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and then there's also Step Up All In, which is the fifth and final film in the oh. Step Up series. Yeah. And uh, then there's one coming out called Year of the Dance. It's a spin-off movie uh, that's set uh, <laughs> in China. So. Oh, I'm um, excited for that. Yeah, I I, I really I really like um, Step Up. Uh, step up for the revolution or whatever is great, and that's got the woman from uh, So You Think You Can Dance in it. Yes, um, Catherine yeah. something. Yes, yes, Catherine. I was gonna call her Katie, but you know maybe I just know her real well. Very <laughs> <So I laughs> social interaction. <laughs> there we go. Very good, Georgina. Where can people find you on Twitter? At G E O R J E A N N A W D. That's Georgina W D. 
Very good. And, Brian, you are Lernonaut, right? Can you spell I that? I am Lernonaut. On the off chance anybody wants to hear more of this uh, from <laughs> me, uh, you, can, you can find me at Lernonaut. It's like astronaut, but instead it's just learning, Lernonaut. I like it. And I am at RyCMart. That's R-Y-C-M-A-R-T. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram now. Newly on Instagram, at Psych and Stuff. Uh, and that's the word and, not an ampersand. Um, that's all I got. Any final thoughts as we finish up? Nope. Everybody, just be, be, be well. Yes. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Your Don't touch your face. Cough in your arm. Stay, stay home. home. Hashtag stay home. We all can right. do this. Like, we are, are, these are the times that TriMen sold. These are the times where we have been asked to sacrifice it all and just sit on the couch. I yeah. think we can do it. I really believe in us <laughs> as a country <laughs> that we can make this happen. Um, but I, just, and if, but all serious, like if there is things you can do to help out your community, your local food bank, uh, your local college students, stuff like that, look for those opportunities and uh, we should just try to help each other out as much as we can while also staying home and sitting on the couch. Yes. Very nicely said. I support everything that uh, Brian. I'm Ryan Martin, and I support support Brian Carr's message. So oh. <laughs> I'm going to record that and play that back every day. All right. <laughs> well, we've actually been recording this whole thing. That's how podcasts work. Uh, so that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. So perfect. Outstanding. Thank you very much, everybody. I enjoyed talking to you. That's going to be it. I hope everybody keeps being amazing. 